Well, welcome, friends, to the Horrible Movie Podcast. Uh, this is uh, an episode I would like to title uh, The Suicide Squad Pros and Cons. Get it? Cons? See what I did there? Uh, they're, they're convicts. Okay, uh, not not funny. Uh, so, I guess I... Did I expect you to laugh? Maybe I was expecting a laugh track. Should I put one in? Uh, I'll think about it. Maybe I will. Right here. Okay. Uh, so check it out. Uh, the Suicide Squad. Um, I... Um, sometimes on this show we will do just a straight up movie review. Sometimes I will lampoon uh, a movie, which coming up uh, in another episode we're going to have uh, the, the final Twilight movie. I'm excited about that. So... Uh, but in this one, we're just talking pros and cons, get it, of uh, the Suicide Squad. And let's start with the ensemble. So let's get start with the details of the movie, The Suicide Squad, directed by James Gunn, written by James Gunn, and that's a good thing. Uh, he is the, I dare say, genius behind Guardians of the Galaxy and making it relevant. If you've ever followed the Guardians of the Galaxy, that um, franchise in Marvel... It was a little-known comic book team. I mean, uh, yes, they had some fans, but nothing near uh, the Avengers or uh, the Defenders or anything that you might uh, follow. So James Gunn taking over Suicide Squad and making it relevant again, or actually in the first place, is a big deal. Uh, after that first movie, this is more of a... I heard someone describe this as a 1.5. This is a, a Suicide Squad 1.5, not Suicide Squad 2. But a kind of a reimagining, but not. Uh, let's start with, like I said, we said James Gunn wrote it, directed it, uh, produced by Charles Roven and Peter Saffron. Um, and it's a Saffron Entertainment, a Saffron Company uh, production company uh, show, starring uh, Margot Robbie, uh, Idris Elba, John Cena, of course. Da 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 da. You can't see me, but we saw you. Um, Joel Kinnaman, Sylvester Stallone, uh, as. King Shark, who by far, for me, um, was the most fun character. And there's a lot of other great things, and we'll, we'll talk about that. Viola Davis, Viola Davis reprises her role as Amanda Waller. And let me just say, uh, she cranked it up to 11 uh, to the level of evil in this movie. And I, I thought it was awesome. Jay Courtney and then Peter Capaldi as the mad thinker who um, plays villain... I don't even know, like villain 3.0 or villain. I mean, it's like there's a lot of villains in this because basically everyone's a villain in this. But he um, plays a huge part into the uh, actual plot, and uh, it's kind of fun the way DC is starting to use this huge um, library of characters. They have oodles of characters that we've never even met yet on screen, even in any of the TV shows between Arrow and Flash uh, or any of the things. And, and especially the movies, because the movies have just done some weird things. So, uh, I made a comment on the last episode about the Snyder Cut and how it was a breath of fresh air. And now you have the Suicide Squad, this imagining here, that really continues that. Uh, and honestly, takes it to the next level. It's, in my opinion, one of the best DC things they've created uh, and there's, there's some pros. So let's just talk about the pros in general. We talked about the cast. Let's talk about the pros. The pros, for me, uh, I have HBO Max, so I can just watch it on that. That's a pro. Uh, I love going to the theater, but uh, with the way the theaters have been the last year and a half because of COVID, I, it's, a, it's a 
it's a um, structure, a corporate structure that I don't know if it ever comes back to the level that it was pre-pandemic. And that's kind of sad because I loved going to the theater. I loved wasting a bunch of money on popcorn. Or if you went to the uh, Alamo Draft House, a bunch of money on food. Uh, they have a delicious carnivore pizza there, friends. That's so good. Uh, but now on HBO Max, I can just watch it at home. So Warner Brothers has kind of made it hard for me to justify going to buy a movie. Anyway, that's a that's a pro. Uh, more pros. The cast. The ensemble. For one, they did a great job of casting. Adris Elba is um, one of my favorite actors. He is so good. I don't know why they didn't make him the next 007 after uh, Craig Daniels. Did I get that right? And then um, I, I think he fits it. And he's awesome as Heimdall. And he's awesome in this character, uh, Bloodsport, that we, again... A very obscure character, folks, in the comic books. Like, it's not a major character. Now they've made him major to the point where uh, my son plays some Fortnite and they've already got a Bloodsport skin on Fortnite. So, I mean, I'm saying now he's taking that character to the next level. They did a good job with backstory. Uh, John Cena always um, shoots so far past your expectations when he's in a movie. And that, that wrestling background, and if I'm a pro wrestling fan, and a lot of people, maybe if you listen to the show, you know that, because I've interviewed people from the WWE on this show and just others, just randomos from wrestling. And I feel like uh, John Cena's wrestling background and the things, the skill set you have to learn to be a icon in pro wrestling, he has now transitioned that into uh, movies, and that's freaking phenomenal. Uh, the cast in general, um, let's talk about, uh, they did a good job with Harley Quinn's character to not, to, to control that some. And I was so glad to not see the Joker in this movie, especially the Jared Leto version of the Joker, because I just think that's a miss. And for me, that's bad. Um, didn't need a crossover from a Batman in this one. There was an initial thought that the initial villain was going to be a uh, dark side version, a dark sided uh, evil version of Superman. But I'm glad they went with Starro in this one. And um, Starro again, the very first um, Justice League villain. And Starro's kind of scary. Like if you, I mean, seemingly kind of looks like Patrick Starfish from uh, SpongeBob SquarePants, but. Um, Starro is no no joke, and they make him, if you get uh, infected by the starfish uh, uh, spore things on your face, you just, you in this one, you die. In the comic book, somewhat, and then especially in uh, anything animated, it's a joke. Oh, you get the starfish off you, and you're okay. Well, in this, those people just flat out die, and so that's pretty obscene. So, um, let's go over uh, the characters as far as the... Uh, the DC level people again. We have Harley Quinn. We have Bloodsport. We have uh, Peacemaker, played by John Cena, another obscure person. But now he's going to get a spinoff show. Is what they're saying. Um, you have Rick Flag makes a return. You have King Shark, uh, played by Sylvester Stallone, which again is the uh, he's scene stealer really. And if you like Batista's uh, Drax in the Guardians movie or Groot, you're going to really like King Shark. Um, Amanda Waller, again, returns as a... Man, I'm telling you, she has no powers, folks. But she is living in this universe uh, and 
and looking, I mean, staring people with powers down, man, and uh, she's evil. Um, Captain Boomerang makes a return, uh, makes an early exit. I'm going to be honest with you, I'm going to tell you, I like the character, makes an early exit. Peter Capaldi plays the thinker, and um, he basically is the reason that Starro, I mean, he basically has been experimenting on Starro for years, uh, and then that adds to the anger of Starro at the end. Uh, and then uh, we have Savant, played by uh, Michael Rooker. Uh, you have Pete Davidson, uh, who plays Blackguard, which he meets an untimely demise at the early on. Oh, poor Nathan Fillion uh, plays TDK, the detachable kid. And Nathan Fillion is the one person that I feel like needs a good role in a Marvel movie, needs a better role in a DC film. It's just... Uh, stinky because the guy if you followed him in Firefly or any of the other things he's done you just really root for Nathan Fillion he's really good Weasel uh, is in this movie and Weasel is just this animal thing it's not as endearing as Rocket Raccoon uh, but he does have a way of surviving like a cockroach uh, Javelin uh, is a Booster Gold villain and he's just very blech, whatever and uh, he meets an untimely demise. And then Mongal, who's an alien, and uh, she's in this as well. So, And there's other characters. I'm going to skip them. But, um, oh, I, I'm sorry. I can't, say, I, can't, I can't skip without talking about Polka Dot Man. David uh, Desmalchian, uh, who, actually, who I've actually met at a Comic-Con. A nice fella. Really nice fella. Um, but uh, plays Polka Dot Man, David Desmalchian. Uh, plays Polka Dot Man, and Polka Dot Man is awesome in this thing. I can't leave out Rat Catcher 2, uh, Daniela Melkor, Melkor, who plays a ma major character in this as well. So, I'm sure I left somebody out. I'm going to give it, uh, uh, that character-wise, really, really, really liked what they did with these characters in here, and putting it together and making it uh, fun for them to be the Expendables. This is like Expendables 4. Uh, they're expendable. They're bad, so let's just get rid of them. So, uh, task, uh, task Force X in full, in full speed. Uh, just a real wrap up there. They're sent on a mission. Apparently the mission is to destroy this country, uh, that is, uh, holding Starro and this thing called, uh, Yodnaim, which is this Nazi era base, uh, that then the country took over and, or the U.S. took over and then, um, Starro is being held in this, uh, fortress and being grown in the, in the 80s. He was, maybe it was the early 90s, was uh, taken into a NASA space shuttle and uh, takes it over. And um, man, it's pretty grotesque. Anyway, he takes you over, puts these spores on your face, look like starfish, and uh, he's going to take over the world. And he does, at some point in the comic books, he does take over the world, but in this movie, he does not. Uh, he's somehow maintained on the island, which I think I find kind of interesting. But it's again, cartoony kind of comedy uh the pros definitely are the uh story they did a great job of uh describing this story and making it fun uh there's always a uh there's always someone who stabs everybody else in the back uh peacemaker plays that role in this one spoiler alert and uh just in general folks it's good stuff um that's my pros and i love the fact that they're using the dc universe in a way that makes sense to use all the characters they have. They have an unlimited amount of characters they could be showing us, and we don't have to just stick to Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman over and over again uh, until we reboot it 
10 years later and do it all over again. We have these other characters we could be looking at. The cons, if I were going to say any of the cons, other than the fact that they are cons, get it, again, I really play this joke out now. Uh, the cons would be that this thing is rated, basically TVMA, it's rated R, and I, my son is 10, and I feel like comic books and comic movies have now become so adult because they know that's the audience that really wants these things. But now kids are left in the wake of it, and it's become the Deadpool uh, phenomena, where we've got to make it gritty, we've got to make it dark, we've got to make it bloody. And this one is a very bloody movie. There's a lot of gore. Some critics have said maybe the gore takes away from it. But um, I, my son can't watch this movie. The con would be that I can't just set him in front of it and say, go to town. Now, I mean, you know, in a few years, maybe, yeah. But he's not ready for all this stuff, and um, that's a bummer for me. But it's gritty and gory, and uh, it is, um, I mean, it's an eye-catcher, and that's for sure. And like I said, they did a good job of setting it up. Uh, you did, get a, did a good job of storytelling, and that DC has done a bad job of storytelling. And they've left, they've left their storytelling to epic scenes, to epic visuals, to CGI. And this just tells a story, uh, and it's very in-your-face. But it is uh, cool. And it's a fun story, uh, and it's a, it was an exciting adventure. My own, like I said, my only con would be that R rating, but there's not much you can do about it. If you're going to do this movie this way, I don't know how you make it PG-13 even. I mean, it's so gritty. So, Anyway, there you go, folks. That's my pros and cons for The Suicide Squad. Uh, we'll see you down the road. See you soon. Uh, go watch this movie. Get HBO Max. Just, just, just order HBO Max for a month and watch this movie. And, like, and again, uh, it's hide your kids on this one, but Watch that thing, and uh, it's pretty darn good. I think you'll enjoy it if you like comic books, if you like gritty things. Uh, but again, uh, spoiler alert and kid warning, man, it's gritty. It's uh, intense. So thanks for tuning in to the Horror Movie Podcast. Like our show, and please subscribe on the iTunes, on the Apple Podcasts, uh, and anywhere else you get your podcast. It really does help us out. And uh, thanks for listening. I'm going to do some... Uh, uh, some like shout outs. We had some people like us on our Facebook, so go over to our Facebook, The Horror Movie Podcast. Uh, Cedric Morgan liked us this week. So, Cedric, thanks for listening and tuning in, man. I appreciate you. And uh, there's your listener shout out. So, uh, thanks, guys. And go like us over there on Facebook. Like us uh, everywhere you like things. And uh, check us out. Subscribe to the show. Leave a nice review. Five stars. Help us out. It really helps out. So, thanks a lot. The Suicide Squad. Check it out on HBO Max or in a theater near you. And uh, remember, just because it's from Hollywood doesn't mean it isn't horrible. But in this case, it wasn't horrible. So, we'll see you soon.